Uh, I want to say good evening to all of you and hope all is well with you in the soul. Today we continue our series in the issues affecting the church today, Bible study on Christian liberty. And I trust that my brothers did a a sterling job looking at the overview, which was Brother Felix, and looking at food and drink, which was uh, Tanaka. So today we're going to be looking at entertainment. Christian liberty in entertainment. When we think of entertainment as Christians, I believe that it hinges on two things. One is called antinomianism, and the second is called legalism. So what are their definitions and differences? Antinomianism comes from two Greek words, anti meaning against and nomos meaning law. Antinomians are against the law of God. In other words, they are liberal. In other words, these are Christians who would say the law of God has been done away with such that I am free in Christ to do what I want. And sadly, this includes sin. Legalism. The word legalism does not actually occur in the Bible. But it is a term that Christians use to describe a doctrinal position which emphasizes a system of rules and regulations. So legalists are people who will say, no nails in church. If you have nails in church, you are Jezebel. Women are not allowed to wear jeans. Men cannot have piercings. Men cannot have tattoos, although I'm very much against men having piercings. Very much against it. So the point is, these people, legalists, have gone beyond the Bible. They've gone beyond what the Bible teaches. And dear friends, all of us, one way or the other, fall or oscillate between these two extremes. We are either too legalists or too antinomian. So it is on this premise that the issue of Christian liberty hinges. We will see more clearly as we look at this issue of entertainment. I have defined entertainment as extracurricular activities that one does when they are relaxing or resting from their vocational 
or formal work or employment. It is at this point that I ask this question of you. What entertains you as, a, as, a, as an individual? I want you to answer within your own soul and your mind. What entertains you? What appeases you as a human being? What tickles your fancy? What really gets you going? What do you like doing when you're resting? What is the litmus test of whether something is permissible, biblically speaking? We look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. So that's one litmus test. If your entertainment causes your brothers and sisters to stumble, then you might have to rethink it. Because you are, you, you are called to freedom, not a, as an opportunity for the flesh, but rather to serve one another. First Peter 2.16, it says, Live as people who are free, not using your, your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Paul, the apostle, says the same statement in two different texts in 1 Corinthians. 6.12 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. 10.23, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So, dear friends, this evening I want to touch on two particular issues I think need attention. And I'll touch on a couple of others as we go on. The first one is music. The first one is music when it comes to entertainment. When it comes to music in this present age, the Christian is faced with a dilemma. You have the likes of Eminem, of course. These are vile, sensual, sexual, immoral, and purely evil. Eminem, Jay-Z, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj. The, the list goes on and on and on. If you want to go to South Africa... The likes of this guy was short, a.k.a. all these people that people flock to and listen to and enjoy their music is evil. I don't care what you think, but you must go to the Bible and use the Bible as a litmus test to say, okay, let's test the lyrics of these songs. Whether... They are for God or against God. On the other hand, you have what is called or what they would deem gospel music or Christian music, but is actually not because it's heretic. It misrepresents God and it is not truthful on the gospel. For example, in Zimbabwe, you've got the likes of Mambo Dutere. 
There's in South Africa there's Rebecca Malope. She just sings on and on. Moya wami, moya. And you know, when we were growing up, we used to see these songs and people, neighbors would play these songs. And this is why we thought it was gospel. But when you actually understand the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and then listen to what they're saying, it's got nothing to do with God. There's Sinach, the way maker. There is you know, Michael, our very own neighbor, Michael Mayendere. That is not gospel music. And if he was to ask me, I would tell him, listen, this is not gospel music. There's Yusong, Jesus culture. All right, so I've presented the second category. There's a third category, which is actually what they would call, in quotations, secular music, which speak of, they're neither vile or sensual, but they speak of life's lessons. They speak of life itself. You've got people like Oliver Mtukudzi, local. He would sing some very moral songs. He would sing about Rora. He sing about death. He would sing about Kupereke Zamwana. And you have people like Natasha Bedingfield. I, I, I stand to be corrected. I don't know what she sings now. <laughs> Freshly ground, you know. Freshly ground from South Africa, Zahara. You've got people like even, you know, splash music. Some of it <laughs> is about life. Instances. Black Mambazo. <laughs> Freddie Guala. He's, he sings of. He, he, his song, his genre is called Zumba. He says it's for prisoners because he was arrested stealing cars. So he, he says he went to prison. To sing to the prisoners, not to go back out there and steal. Yes. He was in prison for a while, then he was released. But of course, these ones don't mention Christ or God. The question I have for those who would then posit that Christians should never ever listen to a song by a non-believer is... Would you say the same thing for buying a smartphone, buying a car, or even getting your car fixed by an unbeliever? In fact, once upon a time, you were a believer, you were an unbeliever yourself. But by the grace of God, you are a Christian now. Other question is, can you learn anything? From an unbeliever. Can you learn anything? Can you learn anything? Oh, your teachers, maybe a lot of them were non-believers. Parents, non-believers, you learned something. So this should level up any concerns of those Christians who say you cannot learn from non-believers. It should iron those concerns out. So the question is not on whether we or they can listen to secular music or to songs by non-believer, non-believers. The question is on what the content of the song is and the message. And I would take it further. 
the content of the song, the message of the song, and the singer. It's important. And I'll get to this even as we go on. I have to say that though I'm saved, dear friends, and I have not listened to hip-hop for many years, yet I cannot erase some of the lyrics from years and years ago for my brain. In fact, this brain contains albums and albums of junk. Sometimes you can even wake up one morning and you have not listened to a song for a long time. Years. Decades. And then it starts playing in your mind. Ah, I think, where is this song coming from? What's going on? What's going on? But some lyrics will never depart from me. The content is very important. The point is, the content of what we listen to is very important. When Christ saves you from sin, you are a new creature in Christ, and you've got a new nature, so then, what should be the content of the music you listen to? We're talking about liberty here. Do you think bragging about one night stands, multiple women, how much money you have, how many people you have killed can be glorifying to God? Honestly, dear friends, the hip-hop culture, I'm sorry to, to, to attack it. In America and trickling all the way to Africa and all over the place has caused much more damage than we think in society. The vileness of the music. Even it's not even also, it's not only hip hop. You've got people like Britney Spears, the Madonnas, all these Christina Aguilera's, Rihanna's, Beyonce's. Most of us here were raised on that. That was our daily bread. That is something that we consumed on a regular basis. And they shaped our lives. They shaped the way we viewed the world. And sadly, some of us have imported these things into the Christian life. Into the Christian life, we're still holding on to hip-hop. Sagging our pants, speaking vile, and even our attitudes, we to our spouses, can be traced back to Hollywood and entertainment. It can. Even your lifestyle, the way you perceive the world, can be exported from. The music, the entertainment, the movies, and what we love or used to love. Second Corinthians 6, 
verse 14 to 15 in the context of being unevenly yoked says do not be unevenly yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness what accord is christ with belial or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever and friends this is true even for the music why should you be unevenly yoked with Lil Wayne? Why should you be unevenly yoked with these vile people? And I know the flesh is, is you know, the flesh, when I, when I became a Christian, I knew this, these songs are wrong, music is wrong, this stuff is wrong, but still there was that inclination for the flesh is that, that that excitement when a song comes on you're just like oh yeah it reminds me of the days it reminds me of back in the day it has no her- inheritance or portion in the kingdom of god so the christian must flee they must flee from this type of music they must flee from godless music they must flee from immoral music maybe for example we are going on a road trip. Maybe we're going for a missions outreach. And accidentally, maybe one of us loves to indulge in this music. And you know how the phones nowadays, they can reveal a lot of things. You can just press, the, you can even put it in the, in the pocket. And all of a sudden, ah, something is happening, you know. That sort of thing can be a stumbling block for other believers. Because they'll then start questioning to say, Ha, this person, they listen to Jay-Z. Have they really been converted to Christ? How does Jay-Z link to Christ? With the lyrics and the songs that he says. We are new creatures in Christ. I'm not saying, friends, you can't listen to secular music. Or to music of, of non-believers. Or even music. Or instrumentals. But what I'm saying is that test every song against the Bible. Is it edifying? Does it uplift my soul? After listening to this, will I say glory to God? After listening to fire emoji, will I say, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. After the lyrics, will I be able to say that? I, I think we, we need to think deeply about these things. Because sometimes we don't think about them. We just say, ah, no, it's okay, you know. 
it's, it's, it's bull. Everything is okay. You're just being too legalistic, man. Don't, don't take yourself too seriously. Allow us to listen to this music. Or, you know, just give us a break. Can, does the song uplift? Let's go to the movies. Here's a quotation from someone who was reviewing movies. They say secular movies often contain a great deal of violence, sex, nudity, and otherwise unchristian themes. For example, Fifty Shades series were filled with sex and abusive behaviors. And people were like, oh, I want to binge series. Game of Thrones. Fifty Shades, huh? I mean, ask yourself different. If you're struggling in your spiritual growth, and yet you spend a weekend binging on Game of Thrones, don't you think that that is the reason why you're struggling? If you are struggling with lustful thoughts, you're like, oh, you know, you know brother, whenever I go into town, I'm just struggling with lust. Or whenever I do this, I'm struggling. Even in church, I'll ask you, what is fueling the lust? What has, what has fueled or become the catalyst of your lustful desire? Where is it coming from? Granted, there are external influences. There are times when someone is not dressed properly and you struggle. But the question is, from your perspective, what are you consuming that is now causing you to lose control and you know i I must say modern television stumbling modern television stumbling there is no show without language Ah. (laughs) i struggle to even sit and say well let me see today can i watch a comedy you turn on the comedy, it's vile, vile, vile. Even if it's PG-13, PG child. One which has no age restriction, just say parental guidance. Oh, okay, parental guidance. Maybe there's something good. Let's see. Ah, okay. Ah! You already stumbled. Action movies. People love action movies. Violence. Boo, things are exploding, killing. What are, so ask yourself, where does your anger come from? <laughs> uh, because uh, those movies actually accelerate our anger. It, it becomes, you see, our, our consciousness are very tender. I've got friends who live in South Africa, they tell me that. Nowadays, they don't struggle with seeing a dead body on the street. Someone shot in mid-daylight. For a Zimbabwean, that is, in Harare at least, that is unheard of. So my point is, if you watch a movie with violence, you are being desensitized such that you yourself are being influenced 
to the degree that you want to bash. And of course, people say, brother, this is liberty of conscience. And I'll say, hey, listen, if you want to watch those movies, go. <laughs> it's fine. It's your conscience. You're saying it's a conscience issue. It's between you and God. Are you going to say hallelujah after the bloodbath? Are you... Is this trust? It is, is it praiseworthy? Is it good? Is it noble? When Paul says, think about these things, brethren. So people who watch UFI, what's UFIC? Is it UFIC or UFC? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> UFC, like I, I know people who love that, that boxing way by people beat each other to a pulp and they are bleeding. Yeah. And I just, or even those, those, those sports that... Uh, recently I saw something where a guy, they were having a slapping competition. <laughs> and the guy had like a cauliflower side. Like... His side here was purple. It was hanging. And the other guy was just saying, yeah, I want to clap you. Pa! I said, ha! Now imagine if our little tender-hearted ones are now watching the Nerayas. Huh? Violence. Killing. Murder. Swearing. LGBTQ plus plus men kissing on the television, women kissing. And some people are like, I ah, know, you know, brother, this is the movies nowadays, you know. Ah no. Watch. One needs wisdom, dear friends. There are things, of course, that we can go into, like nightclubs. I don't know if there are any Christians here who go to nightclubs. I pray you don't. <laughs> this is my prayer. And I would even go as far as to say, nightclubs are not a conscious issue. They are not. Yeah. Strip clubs, nightclubs, brothels, shisha bars are not <coughs> a conscious issue. You are in sin. You need to flee from those places. The music is sensual, vile, the environment is vile, you'll be open to sexual temptation, all sorts of temptations, and you'll destroy your life. We need to exercise caution. Even where we go, some of the places that we go. I always tell the story that Pastor John Bell warned me about Queen of Hearts. I've never been there. He just said, brother... Don't go to Queen of Hearts on the Lord's Day. Then I said, oh, if, I'm, if I shouldn't go to Queen of Hearts on the Lord's Day, I should never go. I've never been there. Then one of our brothers went there. And I, he said, I'm going to Queen of Hearts. He's a preacher. It's not a secret. He came out, brother. He was very happy. I'm going to Queen of Hearts. I need to meet an old friend. I said, oh, you're going to Queen of Hearts. Okay, go. So when he came back, he's like, brother, why didn't you want me? You're not a good brother. <laughs> you set me up for stumbling. He was angry. You must be careful. There must be caution. I want to end with a few principles which I found very helpful of Christian liberty. 
all round, but I want to apply them to entertainment. I got them on Ligonier by Sinclair B. Fergus, and I thought they were brilliant. He says, principle number one, Christian liberty must not be flaunted. Whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. If you believe that, well, I'm free to smoke a cigar. Keep it between you and God. Do not flaunt your cigar packs to other believers. You stumble. Do not call brothers to say, hey, hey, come, let's drink. Let's have a drinking fest. You will stumble other believers. Oh, say, I know. You know, my conscience, my conscience is free. You know, I, 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 I drink wine. I drink Viceroy, QV, Hennessy, Jack Daniels. Because if I if I also see Jack Daniels in your house, Laura, I may be stumbled. Oh, okay. You know. Hide them. <laughs> if it's a conscious issue for you and you feel you're free in Christ, hide your bottles. In your cigars. Principle number two on Christian liberty. Christian liberty does not mean that you welcome fellow Christians only when you have sorted out their views on X or Y. So for example, there are people who, let's say they've got a free conscience on certain issues. Maybe they are very happy to do uh, traditional ceremonies which are not sinful in in and of themselves there's some facets about the African culture which is not sinful but we've got a brother and sister who are free we should not say oh well we will not welcome them until they've sorted out until they've repented of that or even to say, we've got people who are of different political party persuasions. We should not say, ah, no, because you belong to this political party, you cannot join our church. Liberty of conscience. They are free to join whatever political party they want, no matter how much you think they are immoral or moral. For example, in the States, there are people who believe that if you support the, Democrat, the, the Democratic Party, you're not a Christian. I mean, that is, that is legalism. They'll tell you, I know, the Democratic Party supports abortion, so this means that you're not a Christian. I mean, how you have missed all the other policies is beyond me. You should be careful. Principle number three. Christian liberty ought never to be used. In such a way that you become a stumbling block to another Christian. So if you love, if Zahara is in town, and you say, oh yes, Zahara is in town, freshly ground. Well, we want to go to the show. The wisdom will be, okay, let's go to the show, but let's not rub it in other people's faces because... 
when you get there, maybe there are bright lights. Maybe there are people dressed sensually. Maybe there are people drinking. Of course, it's not wise for a Christian to be in such an environment. But there's nothing sinful about the Zaharas or Oliver Mtukudzi or whatever. But the point is, that can easily become a topic of discussion and a topic of stumbling or gossip in the church. Bad news moves fast, dear friends. It moves faster than good news. So let's be careful of how we navigate. Let's be careful in our Christian liberty. And I'm not saying that we should be hypocrites whereby we just hide things and, you know, we, we don't want people to know what we do. If you're free with a brother or sister, say, I know, you know what? I, I, I occasionally, I, 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 I go to karaoke. And, and would you like to come? Is this something that you like? Uh, I watch football. I watch rugby. You know, let's go for rugby. Sometimes we go shooting in the range. Hunting, whatever it is. Swimming, let's go swimming. Let's go tennis, to play tennis. You know. Liberty of conscience. There's nothing sinful with that. But also, I think also there's something that maybe... Something that is is going to be quite controversial. Something that I've been thinking about. (laughs) But also I think at the same time, it's something that must be dealt with. The issue of the weaker brother and the stronger brother. So let's take for instance, you've got people in the church who can't conceive. They've tried their best. They They are miscarriages. Left, right and center. And then you get a, ch- a, a, a couple in the church that are having babies like there's no other. God is blessing them. Five, six, seven, you know, the, the, the quiver is full. There is a sense in which in our culture of quiverful people who love to Talk about babies, have babies. There is a sense in which they may segregate the ones who can't have babies. In the way like, ah, whenever you meet, you talk about babies. Oh, my child. Oh, okay, okay. Ah, look how she's so cute. You start laughing. You know? And the other ones are just by the corner. <laughs> by the corner, putting their hands in their pocket. Eh? And thinking, hey, you know, I can't have kids. Or even it can happen with marriage as well, right? The married, we say our ah, marriages, you know, is the best thing that has ever happened to humanity. Look at the single people like, ah, man, your life is, is whack. You're not married. Ah. And then when you do your things and whatever, married, what, marriage lunches. I'm not saying that get stumbled by that, but. <laughs> be encouraged <laughs> be encouraged and then you you know you you feel like you are, you, you are segregated so what i'm saying is that we should think about these things very intently yeah. 
and see how as a body of Christ we can relate with one another being cautious of how we navigate without of course uh, letting the, the, the weaker brother rule you or letting the stronger brother uh, sort of stamp all over people. There are people who are very strong in their convictions and they're saying my, 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 my conscience is free so they may stamp all over the whole congregation because they are free in conscience. So all in all to say we must be careful Christian liberty ought not to be used in such a way that you become a stumbling block. If you see that, okay, no, the things that I'm doing are now causing my sister or my brothers to stumble. Sometimes we may not know because they've not talked to us. In the church, in, in churches, there are people, churches are full of cowards. They'll just keep quiet. You know, maybe something is stumbling you or bothering you. You'll never go and confront the brother. Just keep quiet. Then you just go home, you gossip, you talk about the person, you do this, this. But if they're doing something that is stumbling you, it's important to say, ah, you know, I think there's, okay, there's an issue. Let's talk about it. Like brothers and sisters in the Lord. Let's just talk about it. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I'm mistaken. Can we talk? Oh, what's the issue? Ah, I've been observing your life recently and I've seen that you... Do this, 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 and you say this, this. So, what do you think? Am I wrong? Am I right? Etc. Etc. Principle number four Christian liberty requires grasping the principle that will produce this true biblical balance. In other words, Romans 15 1 to 3, we ought not to please ourselves. For even Christ did not please me. So, if you see that your liberty in Christ is causing other people to stumble, rather please God. So, for the sake of the gospel, are there things that you need to let go of for the sake of the gospel in your life? Is there any sort of entertainment that you love that is affecting other brothers and sisters in the Lord and is causing people to sin in church? Or is there, for your personal growth in Christ, is there any entertainment or certain lifestyle values that you need to drop? Remember what Paul says? You know, all things are lawful. But not all things are beneficial. So, is it beneficial for me to have those red labels and drink them? Is it beneficial? Does it benefit anyone in my home, in the church? My body. Amen, dear friends. We'll have time of discussion, just ten minutes, and then we'll close in prayer. We don't we don't want to go further.